On this episode of Lights, Camera, Transaction, Paul speaks with Andrew Dorsey, owner of Social Kitchen and Craft Bar. They talk about Andrew playing football for the CFL, transitioning into the restaurant world, what the Mamba mentality means, and how social has become a staple in the local community of Huntington Beach in Costa Mesa. background on us and actually this is super funny but I've met your wife a couple of times um, and I told her that she should come on our podcast right. she was like I would love to do it um, and I think we we talked last year about it and uh, and then Brian had actually sent you a message and he was like hey do you know who Andrew Dorsey is I was like yeah from social and I met his wife he's like yeah. he's gonna come on the podcast but that's funny because I told his wife to come yeah on. I know so she was Did she like mention that yeah okay, so okay that's, that's so funny. So she had mentioned it, you know, last year when we were talking, we, yeah. we talk about everything, how we end our day and whatnot. Yeah. And I got the, I got the DM and I was like, oh, that sounds great. You know, it seems yeah. like it'd be a, a fun time. And I told my wife, I was like, hey, a couple of days where you're going to do this thing. And she's like, oh, what's the name of it? And I, and I said, you know, Hatfield Group. Yeah. And she's like, weird. Does he want me to be on it too? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know. He didn't say anything. I'm <laughs> sorry. This is awkward. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I put two and two together. You know, it was the same, same person she was talking about last time. But whatever. she can, she talks enough for both of us, so she can have her own, yeah. her own deal. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'll we'll tag Raquel somewhere down here in the notes, and she'll see the. No, she would love. She would. She would love to come on and you know talk about what she does. Yeah. She's, she's got always has beautiful words, and and uh, you know her business is just starting to grow right now. She's doing the social media management. And- well, and that's why we connected originally. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, our business, we're in the payments point of sale software mm-hmm. business. Right. And um, we work with tons of restaurants and I don't remember how I initially found her. It was probably on social media. Both of you guys right. are just always on social media, which is a totally different subject. But um, uh, I, I think I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, we're both working with restaurants. We should meet. And that's, that's when we met, nice. and um, yeah, she's um, she's a, uh, an ideas person, right? Right, no and yeah. has great energy about her. And, and I was like, we should do. You know, we just started this podcast. You should be on and talk about your experience with restaurants. So, but yeah, she can have her own show, <clears throat> and she's you know has a totally different point of view, right? To yeah. you know come up working at like a bigger chain like In and Out and Cheesecake yeah. Factory and stuff like that. Yeah, and then my background of like just figuring it out like yeah. I never even worked in a restaurant yeah. and then owned a restaurant right uh, with my brother and it's like two totally different uh, ways of thinking and coming at things you know like yeah. I'm you know I'll I'm a gambling man and I'll I'll risk everything and I'll right. I'll go for it because I'm betting on myself and I believe in myself and I right. have the work ethic to do it and you know she in the beginning now she's kind of adopted a lot of my philosophy but in the beginning you know she was risk adverse and be like why, will, why would you do that like that's what you could, this could, like, I don't care. Yeah. Because <clears throat> when you, when you believe, you know, blindly in yourself and you have, you know, your hair on fire to, to win, mm-hmm. you don't even think about losing, you know, yeah. it's not even an option, you know, like right. Tom Brady never thinks about losing. For sure. It's never a thought in For his sure. head. It might happen every once in a while. Yeah. Like twice yeah. <laughs> in five years, but you know, I love you just, use the Tom Brady reference and I use it all the time. Sports analogies are so, you know, played out in a sense. Tom Brady is such a great reference in business because regardless of who's around him, he, he wins. Right. And he makes it right. And like you look at other quarterbacks and everybody makes excuses. Oh, well, if he only had an O line, if he only had receiver, Tom Brady doesn't care. Like 
his age, and that's, who's, that's, who he's playing with. Like he makes good players great. Yep. He makes the people around him. He great. He makes great players. I've read all, all these pros. articles about how how there's this this um, kind of underlying vibe in the NFL where um, people some people don't want to play for the Patriots because they know there's just a different standard and you can't get away with slacking. So, you know, you're saying the, the sports analogies and cliches are, yeah. are played out, but for me, it's like sports is life and, and it's an everyday, an everyday thought yeah. process and what I try to instill in my people and, right. and, and my business and my family. Yeah. Um, but like guys like that are at the, the next level, you know, like Kobe and the Mamba mentality totally. and Tom Brady, they all have this, this different, like they're like aliens, you know, yeah. like they're different yeah. and they come from a different place yeah. and people don't want to play with them. People don't want to play for them because they're uncomfortable. Right. They push you to a place that, you know, you, you never thought you could take yourself. It's yeah. like your teacher uh, that gave you all that work and, 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 you know, push you to the limits and you're like, man, I hate that teacher. And then three, four years later, you're like, wow, that was for sure. an amazing experience. I learned so much for them, but you can't see it in the moment for, for the sure. moment. For sure. <clears throat> so it's, it's a tough thing to do. So I'm kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, looked at like an in the restaurant business because people aren't really geared and wired to want to work that hard day yeah. in and day out. Yeah. Like, you know, a Tom yeah. Brady or a, a Mamba mentality type guy. For so sure. it's hard to, you know, you have to like, you know, take a step back and pick your battles because yeah. it's not the norm. Everybody wants you to fit in this little box. Right. right. And then the people that are up here, everybody in the box wants to drag them down. Of course. So yeah, I, you know, I love sports and it's, you know, it's my everyday life. I watch sports on a daily basis. I, you know, try to study. Yeah. I go to live events. Like literally I went to go, I got, you know, blessed to get floor seats to watch Kobe. I mean, uh, uh, LeBron the other day. That's cool. And, uh, you know, I just, I try to pick up on their energy and like, you know, what, what makes them so great? Like, yes. why am I yep. like, you know, why is everyone drawn to them? Why can they do, you know, freakish things? Yep. Why, you know, and you know, like LeBron, he had this different focus about him, you know, yep. it was almost like <clears throat> there was everyone else on the court and then there was him, right? Just like this energy about him that he was just laser focused on every move. So I, um, I've seen LeBron play, but um, the closest that I ever got to him was in a hotel lobby. My wife and I were checking into a hotel, and this is when he played for the Heat. And we saw the Heat had a game across the street. We weren't going to it, um, but the venue was across the street, and all their, their bags were lined up in the lobby. And so there were people kind of standing around saying, like, hey, the Heat have to be coming down here soon because there's all these duffel bags lined up. And sure enough, they all start walking down. This is when, like, Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade and the whole gang. So all the players are coming off the elevators one by one, and... Um, you know, Dwayne Wade walks past us, Chris Bosch walks past us, Coach walks past us. And then, of course, everybody's gone through except for LeBron. And he comes like five, ten minutes after everybody. Mm -hmm. But the point of the story is to relate to what you were saying. He came out and just had such a different energy about him. Like my wife and I described it, we're like, he, it felt like a cartoon character was yeah. walking out of there. He just, <clears> and here's all these like pro players, these big names, but something about LeBron, like the way that he carried himself, mm -hmm. like, it didn't even feel real, you know what yeah, I mean? It's, it's, it's very just, surreal. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, you're like, I want a part of that. I want a piece of that. Right, like, right. How do I extract some of that? So yeah. that's why I think I go to so many, you know, so many sporting events and I try to analyze yeah. so many yeah. podcasts and, you know, hear what yeah. people have to say from, you know, Tony Gonzalez or, you know, anybody that yeah. is a pivotal person that either, yeah. you know, had a breakthrough yeah. 
and you know became better like there's always something that you know right. that that got him there right so i'm like i want i want to know what that is i need to for find sure. out what it is for sure that's why i go to different restaurants right like because i do the same thing i'll yeah. go to a restaurant in la and i'll extract something great about it and try to make it my own you know totally yeah and you and you actually have a football background right you played arena football yeah okay. yeah so you know played football since ninth grade my mom was like you're not playing before that because my older brothers played and they're like this is a violent game like yeah. You know, they didn't start till ninth grade, so you know you can start till ninth grade. Yep. <clears throat> in the beginning, I was you know kicking and screaming, and I was like, ah, oh, that'd be great. Because when I moved to Fallbrook, they had like one of the best pop Warner teams in the nation. Yeah, yeah. And there was this really tight knit group, and uh, you know I started playing in ninth grade, and I was you know six foot one thirty five, just a freaking bobblehead. Uh, skinny, so I was like, ah. Oh, what, what position were you playing? I was playing quarterback at the time. Okay. Because I was okay. like, oh, I'll play quarterback. But yeah. like I said, they had this Pop Warner team that was one of the best in the nation, so they already had their quarterback. They already right. had their guy. Right. So I'm like, shit, that's not going to work. Um, <laughs> so I played like, you know, back, I backed him up and actually learned a lot about the game. And, you know, we ran the wing T. So um, as I ran the offense, I was like, oh, I think I would like to play wing back. Right. Played wing back, and they're like, man, you're a savage. Like, you should be on defense. You know, so I play a little bit of <clears throat> wing back, but then a lot of like linebacker and defensive end, rush the passer, do that kind of stuff. And then as you know, high school went on, I ended up you know predominantly being like that meathead linebacker guy that's just you know go go kill the quarterback. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of running back. Yeah. Um, so I ended up signing a scholarship with San Diego State out of high school, which my brother actually played on the football scholarship that's at cool. San Diego State. About. You know, four months into my senior year, they were like, oh, you are short like a science class. The NCAA is not going to accept this. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, Fallbrook has, like, the craziest science thing you can think of. I'm raised chickens, and I watched cows being dissected. Like, what more <laughs> biology can you get? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, it's such a new thing that, like, uh, NCAA Clearinghouse is not going to accept this. So um, I had to actually go to Palomar Junior College instead so i was like oh great but they were ranked number one or number two in the nation at the time and they got like you know if you were a bounce back from like any big d1 like you're going either el camino palomar or san francisco city college which mm -hmm. recruited and put people up in yeah in apartments so played at uh played at palomar we actually lost a national championship my freshman year and started to get highly recruited again um my sophomore year, I think we ended up like three or four in the nation and then, you know, had a couple scholarship offers again, went on my recruiting trips. And it was some schools that were cool football, like Utah and Kansas and like in better conferences. But mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't live here. Right. And I'm a person where like I'm not going to do something just for like the name of it. Like I'm not going to spend a thousand bucks on a Hugo Boss suit because yeah. the name, you know, right. like if it's a hundred bucks and it fits and I look great in it, I'm in. I, I agree. And I want to be happy about, you know, my purchase. So. My last trip, I went up to Portland State and just fell in love with the food scene and the culture and the downtown and, and the coaching staff. And I was like, you know what's not a bigger conference that I want to play in, but I'm guaranteed they got a spot for me and mm -hmm. I, I feel comfortable here. Mm -hmm. So I played there for uh, you know the next two years and a couple workouts with NFL teams, did really well at the Combine. I mean, I, I put up pretty awesome numbers. I was around like a 459 yeah, yeah, at yeah. like 255, you know, hit 225 That's 29 awesome. times. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a business transaction at that level. Yep, yep. So it's like, all right, well, you played linebacker, or you played defensive end, and you're obviously too small for a defensive end in the NFL, so we don't really have film on you as, as a linebacker, so it's like, 
how do we invest in you know in that and it it was just that kind of deal so uh signed with a canada team you know cfl okay and it was like the last two games of their season and i was like this is really not for me different game different yep. area yeah um, would you had to move to canada i suppose right but since it was only like a couple games left they can put you on like a two-game waiver you I can see. play and then it's like whatever yep. so yep. Uh, I was like, all right, what's like the last chance you can play? You know, it's like arena football seems cool. I'm like, this is like the WWF of, of football. But, totally. you know, when you love the game and you, and you want to compete and you want to be in that arena, you, you know, you'll, you'll latch on to anything, mm-hmm. you know. So played arena football for a, a team that was an expansion team that year. Yep. Met the coach out in uh, Cleveland at a combine. Yep. And he was like, hey, we want to, you know, we want to pick you up. And I was like, oh, what's like to pay for something like this? They're like, uh, it's like around like fifty five thousand for the season, and I'm like, oh great, <laughs> but I still was like, whatever. The, the season's only five months long, so sure, sure. I can still do other things. Yep. So you know, went out, moved to Spokane, and uh, it was a really cool deal because you know everything's taken care of. Yeah. You don't make a lot of money, but you know you're sponsored by restaurants and you know really nice apartment complex is taken care of. So yeah. you really are taking home all that money. And how old are you at this point? I'm twenty four. Okay. Okay. I'm 24. And was it, were you aspiring to, to play in the NFL? I mean, that's always in the back of your head, but yeah. I'm more of a realist. So I go, I look at the numbers, yeah. like how many guys have ever made it. Yep. And it's like less than like For sure. 10 people. For sure. So you're like, not going to happen. Yeah. So you're thinking at the time, like, hey, I can play football and get paid something for it. Right. And, and, I'm, and, 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 and I'm 24. Right. And, which and, is, and, which and, is super rare in itself. Yeah. And, and build my network in another city. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I still have friends today that, yeah that you know I've made all along the yep. steps of the way yep. in these different places cuz you know it's it's like a brotherhood it's, it's yeah. something different than working at a job you yeah. know it's like you're going to battle with people so you become lifelong friends right. with with people that you're right. you know you're involved with so and then what, what when was the transition to the restaurant world right so you had a place uh, out in Anaheim right so that's how, it kind of ties in at the end of of playing arena football and um uh, you know, like I said, you're making some money, but it's not a lot. Mm-hmm. But you get to stack it away. And my brother was going to Chapman University. Okay. And he took like a Craigslist ad to this restaurant in Anaheim. And it was like looking for a restaurant manager. And he's like, well, I just finished my degree in like, uh, you know, management or whatever business at Chapman. He's like, this this should be cool. Uh, so he goes down there, gets a job. You know, we're, we're texting back and forth and shows me some photos and I'm like, oh, that seems like a cool spot. So we have a bye week, and I come down, and I'm checking this place out, and I'm like, wow, this has you know, a ton of potential. Um, restaurant industry would be fun. You know, I've never worked in a restaurant. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, we could maybe make it into like a lounge or a nightclub. And you, know, you think all these grand ideas that's going to make you all this money. Uh, but you know, we've never really done anything. So season finishes up a couple months later, and I come down, and I start bartending. So I'm like, I've never bartended, so what, the, what do we do here? Uh, I've watched cocktails, you know, this is fun, and watching the, you know, Tom Cruise do his thing, and I'm like, you know, that's not really my style, doing all the flair and stuff, but I'm good with people, I can talk to people, and I want to treat yeah. everybody like a VIP, like, let's just, you know, just be hospitable, and, you know, I think, you know, people are always gravitated to you, just do what you do. Yep. So I got this, like, Kettle One cocktail book from one of my uh, liquor vendors, Okay. and then my house, I'm reading it, you know, I'm in chilling on the couch I'm reading it and I'm starting to learn these different cocktails and then when I get there I'm like putting things together and like straw tasting it and I'm like you know it's like my own little 
backyard. I can just taste anything. Yeah, yeah. And I start mixing flavors together. So I learned the basics and I start creating formulas for myself. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, well, this cocktail is only different by one ingredient. And, you know, I end up learning really, really fast. And, um, you know, the place is dead. Like, the guys that own it were like Czechoslovakian guys who also didn't know anything about the restaurant business. So, uh, you know, fast forward, two years go by. And at this point, I'm waking up, setting the restaurant up. My brother's setting up the kitchen. Um, I serve tables at lunch until about, you know, lunch is over one o'clock, two o'clock. We lock the doors. <clears throat> I take a nap in the booth. And then we open up for happy hour. I go behind the bar and bartend all night. Some nights could be literally five people the whole day. And I'm talking to a random dude yeah. that's borderline crazy yeah. until you know one in the morning <laughs> and I lock up and mop the restaurant and do the thing. Me and my brother you know, clean the bathrooms, the whole thing, because at that time we're not like busy enough yeah, to yeah, pay yeah. someone to do yeah. all these things. Yeah. So by doing all those things, by being low budget, you know, mom and pop, I ended up teaching myself every position instead of some people how they they started a restaurant as a busser and then they do this and they do that and yep. they kind of they kind of learn you know everything i mean we kind of learned through you know oh my gosh uh, a chef didn't show up looks like you're cooking today and you know fell in love with every aspect of it even though it was super hard i was like man this is for me yeah 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 so we had a you know maybe like 60 grand saved up between the both of us and we you know made an offer to buy out the other partners and you know we're kind of like well if you look at the numbers, this place really isn't worth much. Like you probably just want to get out of your lease yep, and yep. take over your lease. And here's a couple bucks to, you know, get you out of the deal. So, um, they ended up taking it and it was just, you know, his and his and mine. And, uh, year three, we really started meeting a lot of cool connections in the Anaheim area. And we started trying out new things and, you know, doing lounge and nightclub nights and, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, met a, a guy, Alex dreams who, who was on kiss FM and then he ends up starting our Saturday nights and, you know, he's on the radio and he's, you know, promoting it and he's getting other like one hit wonders to come play. Mm -hmm. And by year four, you know, we got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, a line around the block. You know, we're getting guys like, you know, uh, the teach me how to Dougie guys and like, you know, those one hit wonders. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, we're getting those guys for like 1500 bucks. Sure. And we're selling out 400 people in this place yeah. and kind of transform this like, cool like diner i think they had like murder mysteries there and stuff okay, and it's okay. like beautiful uh mahogany back yep. bar and there's like a back room yeah it was like a private dining room that became like a vip room and you know we ended up doing bottle service tables and the whole thing and and you know we had a great seven-year run uh over there they redeveloped that whole area yeah you know they did like uh the packing house up the street and then they did a bunch of little new shops mm -hmm. there so mm -hmm. You know, they tripled our rent and we were like, you know, we're kind of the lifeblood of the street right now. And to be able to pay that kind of money with no other foot traffic coming in besides us, like, it's not really, yeah. you know, a thing for me. And at that time, you know, I had bartended for almost seven years now, mm -hmm. staying up till four in the morning and cleaning and you grinding, know, grinding, mm -hmm. making good money. Yeah. And then having to wake up the next day and have to be a businessman yep. and then go back to being the party guy yep. and then yep. back to a businessman. Yep. And I was a little bit, you know, burned out and, you know, I think the opportunity kind of came, um, to like, to make a change, you know? So, uh, my brother was living in Costa Mesa at the time. So we're like, Hey, let's, let's move to Costa Mesa. And I'm like, I don't really know if I want to 
do another another restaurant or what I want to get into. So I ended up um, teaming up with the same guy, the Alex Dreams, the DJ guy. I went to one of his club nights and I saw these glow stick things going out. And I'm like, what are these glow sticks? Like, tell me more about it. And he's like, yeah, they get them from China and the club buys them. And I'm like, so they buy them for like a year, like they get them back at the end of the night. And like, no, they buy them and then the people use them and they're done. And I'm like, wait a second. Like, so I go on Alibaba that night, it's like two in the morning. And I'm like trying to find people to Skype with in China and stuff. And I'm yeah, like yeah. trying to find these glow sticks. It took me about three days and I find the right stick. And they're like 27 cents. And the clubs are buying them for like $1.50 a piece every night. So we end up bringing in a, contain- <laughs> a, a container from China for with about 20,000 glow sticks. And we actually blow through them pretty fast. So for the next like year and a half, I'm just like selling glow sticks and, glow and, 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 and making more profit than and ever waking up at like 10 a.m 11 a.m like, this is a business somehow but no no but no doubt we actually started a business yeah. called mr glow stick the logo was an actual glow stick that had like this crazy hair coming out and yeah, we started yeah, doing yeah. parties and yep, yep. making custom glasses and it got into more like the promotional stuff and uh you know at that time i'm starting to get the itch again to do restaurant stuff right so I'm watching football at this place called the tab shack which is on 17th and westcliff which okay. is now Cafe Gratitude. Got it. That yep. became, you know, their other concept. Yep. But, you know, down there in Westcliff. And uh, the bartender's like, hey, man, like, you really need to, you know, take this place over. You know, like, it's it's dying and it's got great potential. <clears throat> and I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I'm just going to watch football and, you know, do my thing on Sundays. Yep, yep. So a couple more months go by and he's like, dude, you need to meet with the owners. So meet with the owners and I'm like, hey, guys, like, I can fix your restaurant. And we'll make this happen in 90 days. Just like, cause I didn't care. So I was just like, if they take it, they take it, cool. So they're like, okay, cool. And literally hand me the keys. And they're like, here you go. I don't know how anything works. I don't know how to turn the air conditioning on. <laughs> and uh, it was fun because it was, was that like, like, was that a shocking moment or, or I mean, how were you feeling in that, in that moment? In that moment, I was just like, really? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> spotlight's on, you know, like, <laughs> You're in. Like, oh, they said yeah. It's like you're like the backup quarterback and like yeah, yeah, yeah. the main guy gets hurt and you're like reading a comic book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, like subconsciously, I think I was ready. So I had this like stored up passion and energy to be on fire again for the mm-hmm. restaurant industry. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, put together a game plan and kind of analyze the demographic and the people that were coming in because I already knew I've been going there every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, you know, to make a long story short, within 90 days, you know, we got them in the black and we, you know, went from two and a half stars to four stars on Yelp. And the community was it was starting to, you know, Fantastic. to drive behind us. And um, we started the Seattle Seahawks, uh, like, you know, watch parties on Sunday. Yeah. And we were doing literally 350 people on 400 people on Sundays. That's huge. You know, for brunch. And then that's the year that they ended up winning the Super Bowl. So it kind of like teed up perfectly perfect and in the next year you know we we're sold out every weekend for football yep yeah and you know the owners ended up you know kind of not doing their part mm-hmm. and uh, they opened another restaurant that restaurant failed so they both kind of suffered yeah and uh, i found out that they had owed you know owed some money and, and that they were probably going to be terminating the lease because mm-hmm. <clears throat> i got something in the mail and i was like uh-oh like what's going on with this so i ended up going like you know, thanks, but no thanks. Right. Um, but that experience made me say, I can't work for anybody else and build anybody else's dream. Right. That was cool. You, you, for don't like, have, you don't have full control. <clears throat> right. 
And uh, well, I, I had full control of the restaurant, but I don't have full control of the outcome. Right. Right. So you can work as hard as you want, but at the end of the day, something can still happen that you know can cut your legs from under you, yeah. whether you put in a hundred percent or not. So I Some go, people think that entrepreneurship is risky, but the way that I look at it is that it's actually less risky than being an employee. Yeah, because it's, you 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 have full say and full control into what happens. Right. As opposed to when you're working for somebody else, you have to trust the person driving the ship. Right. Or That's, what if that person is, is doing ill-advised things? Right. What if they're spending money on Lamborghinis and going to Vegas and blowing 50 grand, and the next thing you know, they don't have any money, and yeah. they go, oh, we got to cut somebody. Right, right, right. And it's like, hey, sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. Or they're, they, they're they don't pay their bills. Yeah. Their decisions affect you. So, yeah, it's kind of almost like playing blackjack, but you know how to card count a little bit, right, you know? Right, yeah. Like, yes, it's gambling, but yeah. you kind of you know, you know, know what's yeah. going to happen. yeah. So yeah, I said, you know, let's, let's bet on ourselves. Um, let's bet on ourselves. And at this time, obviously my wife's like, you know, I got you, I'll stand by you no matter what decision you make. And she's always been kind of like a ride or die and, mm -hmm. and, and always there to support. So she's like, do it, you know, like do your own thing. Like that's what you're made to do. Like you're, yeah. you're yeah. a boss, like yeah. you're not an employee, Yeah. you know, yeah. you're an architect. You're not a, you're not a doer. Yep. <clears throat> so it's great to have somebody in your life that pushes you. Oh, 100%. I think, I, mean, I think that's, you know, a huge, huge reason on why we're at where we're at today in the growth is because she's never questioned and she's never been like, you know, doubted or got mad at me or blew up on me because I'm taking risks. Because, yeah. yeah, there's been times where you're like, yeah, we just opened another restaurant and there's no money for anything because it's all here. And then you hit a bad month and you're like, ugh. You got to put more money in yeah, yeah. and you're just like, holy crap, like this better work out. Well, I think in any relationship when both people are on board with the same long-term goal, mm -hmm. if you're at a hundred percent and your partner's at a hundred percent, I, I mean, I don't even think it's 200%. I think it's almost like a multiplier. It's like a thousand percent. It is. It and, is. And because if you're at a hundred and the other person's at 50, it, it goes way down. But when everybody's on the same page, that means you both go into it knowing the risks, knowing what it's going to take mm -hmm. to get to the outcome that you desire. And so those little bumps and those hiccups along the way, neither person is going to be faced. <clears throat> Plus you have, you know, we're not all going to have good days, right? Right. So if you're having a bad day and you actually have someone that's almost like your subconscious that can pick you up yep. and smack you on the ass and be like, let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you start to doubt yourself yeah. and you're thinking in a certain way and they go right. like, no, you're this yeah. and you stand for this. Yeah. And it's like this pep talk where you're like, yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah. And then <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. back, right? Yeah. <clears throat> but sometimes those negative emotional floods can lead mm -hmm. into a bad week, yep. a bad month. Yep. And then you're like, you know, because the restaurant business, man, you're going to get kicked down mm -hmm. once a week, maybe mm -hmm. more, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes even harder things, right, um, that are out of your control, whether it's the weather and then you do... 50% less sales because right. it rained this week. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, like whether your landlord says, hey, we're going to renege on your lease because yeah. there's this little thing in your lease yeah. that says I can. Yeah. Like there's always, plenty of, you know. Plenty of things in your control, but plenty of things out of your Last control. night, I got somebody that doesn't want to pay five bucks for valet, right? Yeah. They park in a parking across that says, do not park here in big letters, right? They back into another car trying to back out because they were in the <laughs> wrong spot to save $5. But then now it's, I got to deal with this. I got to do the insurance. I got to do the valet company. Yep. I got to deal with this pissed yep. off yep. 
you know, guest that's here. Yep. So it's like a it's like a daily a daily thing. So you need yeah. back to our point, like yeah. you need someone in your corner that is always kind of rooting for you. True. And it is a multiplier. It's a uh, it's it's definitely needed for me. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, my my wife knows now when I come to her with new ideas. I've probably already thought about those ideas for a long time. And when we when we first started dating, she was you know she'd always question them, make sure that. You know, I was thinking through things clearly, but now she knows that when I come with an idea, I've made enough work where she's like, I mean, you're going to do this no matter no what. Matter so, what. like, I'll support you at this point. I'm the, um, same, I'm the same way. <laughs> Especially, like, if I want to go somewhere or do something, and she's like, of course you're going. I knew that two right, days right. ago. Yeah, yeah, Because if I actually set my mind to do it, like, it's done. Right. I can will myself to do anything, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's it's like my, my conversation with my wife last night. I was like, hey, you know, those Rage Against the Machine tickets go on sale tomorrow morning in Minneapolis. You already in bought May. them in your head. Yeah, I did. And she's like, it was right before bed. She's like, well, can we talk about this in the morning? I'm like, sure. We didn't talk about it this morning. But I mean, she knew. Of I mean, course. So anyway, honey, if you're watching this, <laughs> um, she's never seen them live. And it's crazy because it, like 19... I think it was 1997 was when I saw them at this same venue. I mean, time just flies Right, like getting back to the Kobe Bryant thing, not to like make a downer, but as time goes on with the Kobe Bryant tragedy, it's like you, you start to, you have to think of the positives from it, right? And I think the biggest positives is like, you just gotta live. And there's so many clips of him coming out now talking about like, what do you wanna be remembered for? Stuff that you never you saw before. Live? And like, if there was a way that he could say something to people, it'd probably be like, I lived a great life. Like, and I'm I, fine, to be you honest, guys live, right? Like he, th I, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of ways that you can try to at least spin that and see the good. I've, I've actually, not only in myself, but in people around me and, and management and random people playing at the park. Yeah. Like I, the message that has happened, I think, is the exact opposite of a downer. Yeah. I haven't seen people come together like this since like 9-11. I know. I mean, I know. you got people like... The gym is dead right now, yeah. but the basketball court is packed. Yeah. And people are trying to like be Kobe and shoot shots. And yeah. you know, anyone that knows that what the Mamba mentality is and stands for, not just like yeah. him being like a killer on the court and yeah. wanting to yeah. you know, you know, always win. Like yeah. there's so much more to that that's deeper that yeah. you know, I, I try to live by every day, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's actually a, a very uplifting and positive thing that yeah. I mean, we're actually doing a mural um, the 19th to the 24th, and you know we're doing Kobe and his daughter, and then we're actually honoring all the um, other families, yep. you know, yep. that passed as well. Because yep. you know we're we're in Orange County. I mean, yep. most of those people were from Orange County, and you know, Costa Mesa is a very tight knit like community, yeah. and, and you know we want to honor them. But a lot of murals are going up, and mm -hmm. people are showing up, and people are you know. Um, just kind of rallying around this this tragedy, but it's it's like shifting into more of a uplifting, motivating, yeah. um, come together type of type of vibe, and yeah, it's really yeah. cool to cool to watch. Yeah. Um, so uh, we we spent a lot of time together, and uh, I've got a few minutes left before I got to run, but I do want to make sure we talk about social. Um, and so the, your first social lo location opened. What year was it? 14, 2014. Okay. And so in 2014, um, and social for anybody listening, anybody watching that doesn't know social, social's really now kind of become an institution right. in, um, in Costa Mesa. In 2014, um, uh, 
people probably thought you were crazy where you put the location, right? Mm -hmm. And now it's, it's the area is booming, but you were really uh, venturing into our uncharted territory yeah. there. And so um, you opened Huntington Beach recently. I know you have a third location in the works. So talk a little bit about what people should know about social. So social, yeah, it, it's, it's become kind of like a household name. You know, yeah. I'm seeing that even more and more recently. Um, we're about to open in Peter's Landing in Huntington Harbor mm -hmm. in probably August. Um, you know, Huntington Beach is, you know, a place that, that we love, great community. And we try to find places that have, like, a really cool community around it, right? Yeah. So residential, close by, yep. cool people, people that understand and that are open to, you know, fun items and, you know, fun. You know, we do craft cocktails and we do fun, like, you know, progressive new American cuisine. And like you said, like, going into that strip mall in 2014 and then doing a menu like that and doing, you know, craft cocktails like that, which it's funny because like you don't even use the term mixologist anymore because it's so far past that. Yeah. Um, and so like kind of played out that it's like, yeah, you know, we took a risk on not only the concept, but you know, but the location, but for me, I go like, where's the value? Mm -hmm. Not only was the place failing and they had already put in money in a build out and all that. Um, it's near Triangle Square, which gets like 100,000 cars true, a day. True. So across the street, you know, they pay 4x the rent and mm -hmm. we can pay that. Yep. You know, now that's a formula where you can actually make something work. Yep. yep. So it's, it's, it's calculated, but it's also, you know, you're taking a risk and you're taking a chance because you're like, well, we'll make it anywhere, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but, you know, all, all the socials, you know, we want to have their own identity. Mm -hmm. So Costa Mesa's kind of got this cozy, homey vibe, and um, it's like Old Faithful, right? like an institution. Yeah. Uh, Huntington Beach, we want it to be more like beachy, bohemian, and open air, and huge patio, and dog-friendly, and family-oriented. And, you know, um, Peter's Landing is, is right in the marina, so it's going to be kind of like the Lido House vibe, right? yep. nautical, and, yep. and, you know, private yep. dining room, and... And a higher end wine list, and yep. you know different yep. different so cuisine. So each location has its own little spin based on where where it exactly. Because yeah. for me, like I love the design aspect. I love creating the concept and kind of putting an actual energy inside of the building, right? Mm -hmm. um, so everything down to the you know the color of the tile and the color of the booths to yeah. the food and the drinks yeah. and the names of everything. Like I like to have a hand in everything because it all it all plays a part, yep. you know, to yeah. create. You know, when you go in a place and you're like, you just don't get it and you don't feel it, mm -hmm. there's a reason for that, you yeah, know, yeah. whether it's the music and the air temperature and the colors and, you know, what the servers are wearing compared yeah. to the colors yeah. and, you know, everything kind of has this overall theme yeah. and uh, like a backbone of flavor that also, you know, plays plays out with Yeah, and the, the name social, um, it, it's, it's perfect for the concept. I mean, it is, it's such a social vibe that you have built there mm -hmm. um and it's the kind of place where i mean you're gonna start talking to the people next to you right um you're you know you might even trade swaps of food you know I what i mean like it, it, yeah. it's, it's it's just there's something about the vibe that you've built there which is it's a very communal place yeah so yeah speaking of communals you know like we we wanted to put in those communal tables for that reason yeah and the crazy thing is we almost never seated as a communal table because we always have parties of like yeah. 10, 12, 15, 30, and we can house like, where, what restaurant can you call and be like, hey, I got a party of 18 coming in in about 20 minutes. Can you take yeah. us? And we're like, yeah, we can take you yeah, if, we, yeah, you know, yeah. if we're available. Sure. 
Um, but yeah, we've I've had people go, hey, we're not going to finish this steak or whatever. You guys want a bite? And people are like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know, the the original concept was you know making food and drink part of the conversation again. That's yep. kind of like our our tagline. We wanted people to put their cell phones down and talk to the person next to them. Mm-hmm. But then we also want you to pick your phone up and Instagram and do <laughs> yeah, the thing, you know. But right, right. more in the sense that you know you're not just scrolling and not paying attention for to the sure. person for sure of course you're going to instagram that's a way of life now yep. you know yep. um but we wanted people to just you know we want to give you a reason to be social right so our dishes are created to share the cocktails are created to be like oh shit that's got smoke and fire and you know we just put a, a new one on the menu yesterday it's got this garnish that's a hundred dollar bill it's called uh, make america drunk again and uh <laughs> It's actually made out of a wafer, so it's like an edible $100 bill, but That's it's like, awesome. it's funny, and it's fun, and it's cheeky, and, yep. and you know, those are the types of things that we sit down and think about, like, yeah. how can we get people to yeah. either talk to each other in person or talk to each other via social media and create that, yeah. you know, that community vibe with the Maybe you have a uh, edible wafer dollar bill business in your, in right? your future. Right. <laughs> Um, anyway, Andrew Dorsey is my guest. Please check out social. Um, two, soon to be three locations. When does the new location open? Do you have a, do you have a target date? We're going to start building pretty soon here. Um, the, the target date is, is end of August awesome. of this year. So Awesome. We we'll, put, we'll put the URL to the restaurants up here and, and uh, definitely follow Andrew on social media. I know that uh, you know when I'm on my feed and you're popping up and your stores are popping up, you always give a great inside look at, you know, being a dad, being a restaurateur, yeah. and um, which is, I think, how we found you anyway. So, yep. cool, man. Thanks for being on. Pleasure, man. Thanks Appreciate for having me. Appreciate it. <laughs>